Hello, friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with sexy, suave skeleton, Chris Prunty. Hello. In today's spooky Halloween special, we're talking horror in the land of a thousand gods as we find a place for some of the major horror icons. We're going to briefly go through some monsters and supernatural haunts, try and find a place for them. Mm. Chris, uh, I fucking love Halloween. And more importantly, I love the genre of horror. I remember as a kid growing up with big old VHS blockbuster rentals and uh, just kind of watching whatever had the coolest cover back in the day. Mm. It helped that my older brother was also a really big horror fan. And when my parents weren't around, the only time I had to cover my eyes was when boobs were on the screen. (laughs) Blood, gore, not a problem. Boobs, though. Cover your eyes. That don't want you up. Yeah, exactly. You don't want mom and dad to find out that you're looking at boobs in a horror movie. Oh no, cover his eyes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. My my main introduction uh, to horror was the fact that my grandmother would babysit me. Mm-hmm. And I was set to watch TV. And around 3 p.m., if I remember correctly... WB went from being cartoons to being horror movies. Yes. I had the same thing when I was living in Florida. And I don't think my grandmother realized that until the one time that I saw something that scared the shit out of me and it affected me. What, what did you see? Do you remember? Oh, it was it. it. You saw it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It, oh, okay. It left me scarred from clowns and spiders for a long time. It, to, to be fair, the first, the original It was was fantastic. The mm. first half of It, anyway. There was a bunch of really cheesy B-movies that I saw. I remember one oh, yeah. was something that someone would just be like a weird, gross corpse. A lot of it was gross and everything, but It was, It, I guess, fucked me up because I was just like, oh, those are kids. I'm a kid. Oh, no. Wait, bad things can happen to kids? That doesn't happen in horror movies. <laughs> yeah, I also had that experience of... Wa- like, I watched Troll 2 on network television before I knew what it was. And I remember so specifically the scene that stuck out to me, which was where it's like, he comes home. And I remember I I, I kind of came in, like, more than halfway through it. And I just remember seeing, like, the mom, like, as goo being eaten and i'm like oh man what is this horror movie and like for a long time i was like it didn't scare me but i also was like what was that movie where the kid gets like where the kid's mom gets eaten at the end and i'm thinking that it's like some kind of like weird underground movie that's actually scary and then i watched troll 2 and i'm like oh this is the movie i've been looking for for so long it's fucking hilarious and thus troll 2 was ruined for me forever yeah, but Killer I also clowns from outer space. Killer, yeah, that's a classic. There was also one uh, I, I definitely remember watching Night of the Lepus, which is all about giant rabbits. Uh, and then there's also the one I I don't remember what it was, but I remember there were like cockroaches, and they lit a woman's hair on fire. And I'm not sure if that's related if they were just able to spontaneously combust. But I remember that specifically being a thing. I remember uh, Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. And also, I, it was like Bad Eats or something, but I remember seeing, uh, there, there was just one line, uh, 
it looks like you need a little bit of divine intervention or I'm here to kick ass for God. Oh, that's Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Yeah, Dead Alive is Dead Alive. See, you got good horror movies. I only got like really schlocky B horror movies when Mm. I was watching those. And I still remember the guy who was like, you probably had like Vampira or Elvira. And I remember I had like some weird like cross-eyed looking guy who had like a bald cap and like a mustache and he was like a mortician. I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. It was a Florida thing, I guess. I have no idea. But I remember very specifically Fox kicked over and it was like, all right, cartoons are done. Time to watch some schlocky horror movies. Mm. And that is why we're getting into some maybe less schlocky horror in the land of a thousand gods today, because for the love of God, we, we really became better friends over our shared love of horror mm. and horror movies. Like, I think that for the, the critique g- of horror movies. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, but like the first like three years of our friendship, it was like, let's watch a bunch of really terrible movies together. Like Ice Spiders or Mansquito or, uh, I mean, at one point I remember you and I had this idea for making like a game where it was, you had to create a schlocky sci-fi or horror movie or something like that using cards and almost like a... It was like Gloom, only with a bad horror. Yeah, 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 something like that. But I, I, I still think that'd be a really fun idea to do it that way. Werewolves on the moon never stop being werewolves. Yes, where, and, and I still, I'm, I swear, I, I always talk about running that game. I'm going to run a game where you fight communist werewolves, werewolves on the moon. Werewolves. I had to say it like the Russians would, right? Werewolves. Batya. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, today, I mean, it's, again, we're going to have a little bit more of a relaxed episode. We're going to kind of go through and look at some horror icons and figure out how and where they fit into the world of a thousand gods. And, you know, it's just have fun. It's fucking Halloween. Like, congrats guys. You made it through another spook year and yeah, let's, let's get in. Now we already have some things baked in with the apotheosis mm. stuff like the undead, the corporeal undead. They're already emissaries and, you know, essentially harbingers of the undead of the apotheosis. So we can kind of look at zombies and certain skeletons and kind of say like, okay, we've got that done. But are those associated with necromancers? Are there other types of zombies outside of that? How do we want to, what do we want to go with? For the most part, I believe that they are naturally occurring. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sense that they they happen and it's not by any design. I think if they were to happen by design, people would associate it in a way that it they, they understand that there is a connection but they're different enough that it's like comparing a storm to a hurricane. They're, you can see the vein is there, that they are both weather systems, but vastly different. Okay. So you're saying that uh, the, the undead from the apotheosis are a cut above the regular types of undead that we're used to seeing in the Land of a Thousand Gods. Yeah. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. Okay. I can... I can I, I, I feel like I can jibe with that. A little bit cranked up. Yeah, I like that idea. Like, there's almost an idea that we have walkers and then we have the fast zombies. And the fast zombies are essentially just the emissaries of the apotheosis of some kind. They're supercharged. Right. Or, I mean, it's, it's a matter of, well, we're going to infuse more of this dark matter into the body. 
that kind of thing. Also, I know that we have a list here of things that we do want to touch on, and yes. I noticed that there is one thing missing. Which is? And I only realized when we were talking about horror movies that I love. It's the subgenre that doesn't exist on Netflix, but it does exist on Shudder. Please give us a promo. Uh, <laughs> Shudder's great. Yeah, but it's um, possession or demonic. And I know that we don't want to go by demons or anything, but possession is something different. I feel like that's I feel like that's kind of covered under ghosts, you know, you like because ghosts are ghosts possess people just as much as demons do. They do, but I feel like demonic possession is. So you want something that's see. This is the thing when we're 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 gonna get into some of these subjects here. We're looking for the spirit, no pun intended, of the monster, not necessarily the monster itself. For example, I feel like when we talk about vampires. My my monster that I created a while back, the Sithras, the kind of snake-headed yeah. uh, eater of god flesh, they can essentially act as vampires because they they fill a lot of the same roles yeah. that vampires do. Right, right, right. And so why can't we like let's let's take the spirit again? No pun intended. I swear, we can take the spirit of the monster and kind of break it down and be like, all right, well, what can fit? What can we kind of like? fix and 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 turn creative into this so when we talk about possession let's let's go ahead and let's start there let's talk about go ahead so the thing that i like about movies that have to deal with possession and everything is the exorcisms okay i like the exorcism of emily rose emily rose uh is that the one that's set in spain I don't know there's one that's set in spain that is also there's really so good. many exorcism movies now dude it's like i know and yeah i'm a fan I I can't really you say that I no. I, if if I'm doing uh, like if I'm doing horror movies, I much prefer more cosmic stuff like mm. the or, or stuff that taps into or stuff that taps into like paranoia or deep seated human like problems and stuff like that. Mm. Like uh, Gerald's game is absolutely fantastic. That's the one, yeah yeah mm. that look yeah. of recognition. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like I like serial killer movies and I like slashers because that is the type of stuff that I find more fun. And then of course I'm a huge mark for, you know, just the classic horror stuff and the schlock. I love I love it all. Who, who, what can I say? But anyway, so let's let's start with. I mean, if you want to bring up possessions, what is possessing people in the world of a thousand gods? So, uh, in a way, I want to say that someone might say possession would be a dominant personality taking over your own. Sure. And that happens with the quill. Okay. Interesting. So you're, are you suggesting that the quill, in, in what sense would this happen exactly? So it is a symbiotic relationship where two become one, but I want to say that there's those out there where it's, it's a complete lie and it's where maybe the fear of them comes from. Okay, I, I, okay, I got the idea. Can we have, instead of them just being the quill, can we have a weird subspecies that are like an offshoot and reject the normative quill society and essentially inject themselves into uh, other, other physical beings? So that way you can, oh man. And then not only that, but if you have this kind of, because they're like little insectoid things, yeah. right? Imagine an insectoid. You've seen the Mummy, the 1999 Brendan Fraser movie. Exactly what I was thinking. So you can have something like that where it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I have to say the 1999 Mummy movie is one of the most underrated movies. It is so fun, 
so full of adventure. Anyway, the idea is having some kind of insect that literally burrows under your skin and then controls you, starts contorting you in some kind of odd way, and it's exerting its will over you. I think that that's, I think that actually works pretty well. And the reason I don't want to have it as a main species of quill or just actually it could work as that as well. It's basically like, hey, humans have terrible monsters. The quill, these are essentially, you know, they're they're essentially demons. Yeah, each one is a person. So uh, I also want to believe that there can be an evil one. They're not all going to be like super nice and brilliant people. It could just be one that's just like these are shells and I'm going to use them. Right. I, I can, yeah. So so when we talk about demonic possession, it's it's kind of seen as otherworldly, right? And and it's kind of ser- into service of, at least in The Exorcist, right? It's to question, it's to make those who are faithful question their faith. In this sense, in the sense of the quill, what can we do to ratchet up the horror to make it less about a quill just taking over another body and have it represent something a little bit more, something a little bit more horrifying. What would you think would work best in that situation? Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Here, here's here's the idea that I have. Okay, if we're talking about possession representing like a, a questioning of faith, right? What's to say that the quill, this kind of weird evil offshoot version of quill, can't enter a person's body, uh, break the dogma of the God Pact? And then just leave. So they're essentially like their their soul, that person's soul is essentially forever scarred with being a heretic of, of being thus someone who has broken the God pact. How like you're, you're forever marked, you're stained. And that is like a level of corruption that guess what? They're going to question their faith. Because it's like, these actions weren't my own, and yet I am still punished and still scarred from that action. God should understand. Right. And now all of a sudden you have this whole group of people who have been possessed. Well, not a huge group, I imagine. It's not a but, huge sample size. Right, but enough to where you can create interesting stories. You know, I think that's I think that'd be a really fun way to do it. Oh, I could definitely see certain people who uh, we were talking about... Uh, are trying to reject the gods and move on. One of them could be a former god pack that lost his way and not even lost his way. He yeah. gets he gets infected by one of these quill, and then all of a sudden, bam, his powers are gone because God not no of a choice that he made. Me. Exactly. Oh man. Okay. So cool. Bam. That's that's our version of a, of a demonic possession. And because we brought up the 1999 Brendan Fraser classic, The Mummy. I want to move over to the mummies next because the mummies are a thing that I think are, I mean, let's face it. They're neat. What? They're neat. They're neat. Yes. But they're underutilized. Like everyone has their, everyone knows of a really great, uh, ghost movie. Everyone knows of a great, uh, werewolf movie or a vampire movie. And hell, even the creature from the black lagoon, got that Guillermo del Toro movie that I enjoyed somewhat. Like, thus far, what's the name of it? The the Sound of Water? Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Shape of Water, which was good. Don't get me wrong. I love Guillermo del Toro. I'll watch anything that has someone fuck a fish. Yeah, your Pornhub history is weird. Anyway, (laughs) so I want to take mummies, right? And I want to take a look at what they are. 
and I want to break them down and I want to see what we can do to make them interesting. So physically a mummy is just, a de- it's essentially a corpse that's been wrapped and there's been and laid been, to rest. Right. But there's some ritual and there's a cur. I think that's the important thing that gets ignored a lot is that, well, I think that's what differentiates between a zombie and a mummy is that a, a zombie can just happen. Curse. <laughs> yes. Aquatine. God love it. But no, but the, the mummy is about the curse. It's about what happened to the body before it died that causes it to rise and causes it to become altered and somehow more powerful in the, which is always a mistake. Like, I feel like if you're going to... It is weird. Just like, oh man, we're going to curse this guy, bury him, and also he's going to be immortal and have powers that could destroy the world if he comes back. Right. Okay, you had me in the first half. I'm what, just... what? Why are we giving him the powers again? As a punishment. Right, but... Should it's we horrible. take the powers away from him? I mean, he's able to destroy our temples, right? We could like, only punish him so severely by giving him powers. You know, I'm just—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm fucking four cocktails deep. I'm just going to trust you on this one, sure. But uh, so, in our world, do you believe that people turn into a mummy is a punishment, or are we? Because we've just mocked the shit out of it. So I'm wondering if we're going to break it and be like. The reason that people are done in this way is to also break them out of any cycle of rebirth. Want to make sure that they're not able to travel to another dimension, Ooh. not be ashen-born. So you want to trap them on this plane, and I that, like that is the eternal torment. I like that a lot. Well, no, it's not even necessarily a torment. Is more of a, we need to make sure this evil doesn't affect anyone else in another plane. So it's almost like it's, we are guarding the other planes of existence from moving on. We're pinning you to this one, which yes, does seem to give you a bit more power, but we've already handled scene, you once. Yeah. We can handle you again. And in the grand scheme of things, Oh, uh, if anything happens here, we, we won't need you in the next one. Yeah. Yes. And that's okay. Cool. I love that idea. I actually really love that idea because now you have a benevolent reason to, because it's like, look, we, our world will suffer, but at least you won't hurt anyone else. And we know that you're going to hurt someone else. It's only left for like the worst of evil and stuff and like that. And it's why you put them in a trap tomb. You try and hide the body and everything because all of it is about securing it, keeping it here. Yes. And then some treasure hunter is just like, oh man, uh, I, well, why would they bury them with treasure? But that's a, that's just maybe false information. I don't, yeah, I think that that's not necessarily. What I wanted to do with the mummy, and and I think that the wealth thing, that's just what happened. I mean, because originally the the pharaohs and stuff were entombed, and that's why there's the association of wealth with mummies. Yeah, and also they could take it to the next life. Right, and and the the curse of the mummy, do you know what that originates from? Wasn't it due to some sort of poison or insect that... It's not even poison. It's just that when corpses and other stuff like that is in a is locked and sealed in a tomb for so long the air becomes toxic at some point. Mm. And so I, I can't remember who it was, but uh my friend was telling me of when these tombs were originally being opened up and these like British dudes, these big like imagine the guys who would lift the big triangular weights. They're going in like punching mummies and like lifting them out of the the tombs and stuff like that and bringing them out and then they die and people are like, oh no, 
what kind of horrible curse is in the tomb? It's like, no, they just breathed in this toxic dust and it killed them after a while. Mm. That's where the curse comes from, right? So with that in mind, what I wanted to do, I didn't want to do a desert mummy. I didn't want to do a desiccated corpse that's been like drained of life and, you know, the wrappings and stuff like that. I want to keep. I want to keep the idea of the wrappings. What I wanted to do instead. Don't do a bloated corpse. That's gross. That's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to do a swamp mummy or some kind of like a weird bloated, uh, like waterlogged mummy instead. That are that are still wrapped. That their 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 bandages and stuff are are there are there. I don't know why, frankly, but I, I want that to be a big part of it. Yeah, uh, there are certain cases of natural forming mummies that are in swamps slash tar pits. Tar pits, I can see just because you know tar pitch pitch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the mosquito and amber in yeah. Jurassic Park. I think they actually found like some cave or neolithic person that still had like all of their belongings on them and they just fell into a tar pit yeah yeah i mean but this is ritualistic of where they're like right let's lower them into the tar which i don't know maybe the tar pit in a sense has some sort of anti-lazarus effect to it oh man actually a tar pit is is particularly interesting just because it's a matter of like imagine what that thing comes out looking like like it's it's bones have been well not bleached but like permanently blackened into this kind of like pitch to oh that's really cool actually yeah, it makes it look creepy and gross yeah let's let's so let's not do waterlogged then let's let's go ahead and do like a tar pit type mummy instead that sounds dope tar as fuck stained. yeah like tar st- so what are, whatever whether it's wrappings then because now i'm imagining just like this black boned kind of monstrosity that rises from the pit it's what's it wrapped in exactly latex no but it could also <laughs> Uh, bring out the gimp. <laughs> I could see leather. Leather? Well, yeah, what would leather do in tar? I feel like it would uh, shrink mm. in mm. a way. So it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like a restricted, oh, not only that, but imagine being like buried alive in tar, how horrible that would be. Yeah, okay, the, the more I think about it, this whole curse things, because one of my favorite things in the 1999 classic is the, the fact that he was buried alive with scarabs? He's buried alive with scarabs, and it's like they made him suffer before they dropped him in that pit. And it's like, we're making sure you don't come back, even though when you do inevitably come back, you're gonna have godlike pet, whatever. We already talked about it. So yeah, let's do that. So let so I think that burying your your opponent in tar or or something like that, horrifying way to go, because you're also probably being burned alive, right? Like, isn't that how it works? Yeah, tar's hot. Tar's super hot, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Um, Seared and just sealed. All right. Where does tar form naturally? Because my only, like, my only kind of experience with it is from Sin City, where there's, like, the tar pits and stuff like that. Oh. um, There's some in, isn't there? I I don't know if this is a Futurama thing. Uh, Are there actually tar pits in Los Angeles? (laughs) You know what? I feel like we need to pause and do a quick Google search. With the power of editing, this will seem seamless. This will be seamless. And we're back with knowledge from Google that tar pits form uh, wherever there is petroleum seepage. And the most famous tar pit is the La Brea tar pit. See, this is what happens when the internet is at your fingertips. 
Thanks, Futurama. Yeah, exactly. So with the power of the internet, we now understand that basically anywhere there's petroleum, we can have a concentrated area of tar, which means that we can really take these tar pits and put them wherever we want. Now, with that said, I do want to kind of nail down, where do you think uh, tar pits would fit culturally and systemically in our world thus far? Hmm. I'm thinking either the holy bank of death, because who else to deal with the dead? Who else to make sure that the dead stay dead than the god of death? And not only that, but I can definitely see it as some kind of really awful ritual. I can also see it part of a service that they render. Just right, right. Like, no questions asked. They're like, oh, yeah, we want the the special package. Oh, oh, um, that we didn't even have on the menu. I don't know how you know about that, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we can take care of it. Hello, welcome to the go- the Holy Bank of Death. Do you have a pesky problem that you need dead and buried? <laughs> like, that's, that's the... okay. So it's not even necessary. So it is a punishment. Bury your problems. But man, I could I can even see like now we're looking at it from a transactional standpoint, and I can see it being as a, a petty way that mortals get to do it. Oh, and then not only that, you now get all sorts of like mixed feelings about certain mummies and when they come back. Because you don't know if it oh, this is one that the world was trying to get rid of. Because that's maybe that's how it started, and then the transactional one is just like, oh no, this guy was just a rat. All right, cool. All right, I'm I'm totally down with this. So we did ghosts slash possessions. We have yeah. vampires in the sense of your snakes. Yes, the Sethris. Sethris. And we just knocked out mummies, which is a really dope idea. Yeah, fan of those mummies. Yep. So what do we want to move on to next? Zombies, Frankenstein monsters, or witches? I, I I already have an idea for the Frankenstein's monster, and I already have an idea for the witches. So, yeah, mm. actually, I was going to introduce it in our next regular episode, which is going to be about the wilds, like the areas outside of the basic civilized world. Well, you could always just give them a tease. Yeah, but I think I think them. talking about hags and stuff like that is also important. So for now, I mean, you have Frankenstein monsters. We, I have hags, a.k.a. witches. So let's go with either zombies or werewolves. And I would prefer to go werewolves because, frankly, I've always been a bigger fan of werewolves than... Zombies. Zombies and, uh, and vampires. Uh, well, zombies have really gotten a lot of mainstream attention. Oh, my God. When I, was, uh, when I first moved to Boston like 12 years ago zombies were the cultural movement of the time it was the zombie revival like was in full swing and this was before the walking dead show came out but the comic was still about oh yeah i I read the comic i mean it's it's a great comic but but they also remade uh the walking not the walking dead uh day of the dead and such yes yes starting to get Get up there, yeah, right? And they had uh, there was a lot of um, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the again, great movie. But they also had like a lot of board games and a lot of a lot of gaming culture was also true. coming out. Left for Dead and Left for Dead Two were came, coming out around that time, stuff like that. Mm. Also, yeah, twelve years I've been in Boston now. Mm. It's crazy. Anyway, so werewolves. Yes, I would prefer to go the Warwolf. Warwolf. <laughs> yes. So, what do you see them being? Are they cursed by some sort of? Uh, yeah, what is their origin? Right. So, in the sense, they're half man, half beast. Are we doing it half man, half beast, half man, half wolf? Like, or is this were creature? 
That's a great question. I, I think that we should do something kind of similar with what we did with the possessions and what we did with the vampires, where we take the essence of it. And and be, because one of the things that... I mean, the, the, the way that I typically approach horror, and especially with monsters and stuff like that, you take you take a look at what the essence of the monster is, right? What What is the fear that is instilled? Oh, God. You take the good, you take the bad. No, no. And then you get a werewolf. <laughs> no, but but I, what I like to do is I like to take the idea, like, what is the essence of the werewolf? What is the essence of the monster? What does the werewolf represent? It represents, um, kind of similar to something like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the savagery within... They represent the kind of savagery in humanity where it's it's not just uh, it's not just about part of it is a fear of the natural world. Right. Like uh, the animal, the animal side, the savage world of man's primal nature. Right. The stuff that we're that is kind of outside, but also the fear is essentially what happens if you take the cunning of a man mix it with the with the ferocity and you know kind of naturalistic fangs and the stuff that makes predators predators and mix the two together does it also represent like civil or or the lack of civilization or you know the wilds themselves that's the thing that i'm kind of thinking of like and that's what i would want to go with so the other component of this is obviously the curse aspect where it's, or not even necessarily a curse. I mean, it's really more of a disease, right? Where it's spread, it's a contagion, essentially. Well, that's the thing. There, there's the curse aspect of it, of where, like, the first werewolf was cursed, and then mm. all preceding werewolves were more infected in some way. Right. But I've also seen it where they're cursed. Like, each one of them are cursed. Right. Well, well, let's let's also take the idea of what is it? What's the what's the other thing that is fascinating about werewolves is the transformation, the transformation, and also the bloodlust that comes with it. Like you have, like it's essentially viewed as a curse because you're just overcome with bloodlust once you're in that form. Now I don't want to just like stick a god pact onto someone and be like, yeah, you're given the ability to transform into a half animal, mm-hmm. and. It's just the tenets of their god are just like, I I kill what I eat. Okay. I eat what I kill. There's a great NPC in uh, Curse of the Crimson Throne uh, where there is there is this NPC named, I, I can't remember his first name. Eats what name. he kills? Yes. His his name, his honorific is, I think his name is like Krom Eats What He Kills or something like that. S- something. I, I remember that and I love it. It's just such a great name and such a great NPC. A good barbarian name. Yes. My God, yes. But, okay, let's let's go back. But but the, the, the idea of the curse is you're, you're killing your loved ones, essentially. You have no control over the... The transformation, realistically. Mm. So it takes away the aspect of it if, if you're given the choice. Right. If you enter into a god pact, you're essentially selling your soul at that point. to to be. And again, the whole point of the god pact is that you have control over some of these powers, right? So I, I think making a god pact is... What if it's a ritual that went wrong? Well, let's... Hold on, I'm I'm kind of getting an idea, and I'm not sure how I how much I like it. 
but I think it I think it can add a little something to the world overall. Actually, what about the idea of like a corrupted God Pact? What about the idea of something where the God is essentially you? So so. See, I'm not sure how much I like this idea because what happens to the God Pacts when their God dies? Oh, okay. Well, that's something that we can kind of play around with. I was going to go in a different direction, oh, but right, yeah. I li- I kind of like that idea. I lo- so I like that idea of what happens when a god dies. What happens to the god pact, right? In this sense, maybe because your connection with your god is essentially severed from the multiverse in that plane, you still have that portion of the god's power. However, because it's severed, it, it becomes like a bad internet connection. It's spotty. And so that's where we can kind of go with it, where you have a god. So you have a group of god-pacted people who essentially have no control over their abilities. I mean, there's something to that. There's something... You could make it where the original founders of it were part of a god-pact. And then they found a way to kind of instill it into others. And they believe that if they continually corrupt others and change them into werewolves or whatever have you, they will eventually revive their god. Yeah. And this makes it unwilling. It makes them want to hunt down people. It makes them like maybe in the death throes of first changing. It still has the corrupted nature of where you you will seek out those that you love. Mm. We can also have it be something like it's a corrupted god pact in the sense that it's spotty and thus like. Oh, they they essentially discover the 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 ability that they have. Where oh, this is this now becomes trans transmittable because it's because of its corrupted nature. Hmm. And now you have a cult of werewolves, which is pretty fucking dope, actually. You instead of just having them be mindless beasts who hunt, it's like no, we want to procreate. We want to make more of us. So there is a chance that our God comes back. However, because these people are often unwilling or obviously they're going to get hunted down. Right. Yeah. Which means you get the aspect of werewolf hunters. Right. Which also brings us to silver. So let's, let's go ahead and sit down and say that silver isn't just, it's not just about, it's not just about, okay, silver kills the beast for, unknown reasons silver let's say disrupts that god pact you know like now we can say silver the mineral has disruptive elements when it comes to god pact magic Mm. Mm. so in a lot of ways oh this could be a fun element so in most civilizations that means that people who wield silvered weapons they're could be seen as dangerous or heretical or not necessarily werewolf hunters, but God pact hunters because they seek to that's okay. Yeah. I'm, I like, I, I'm, I like that idea. I, I could see normal people uh, having a silver tip spear, not necessarily because they f- fear werewolves in their neck right. of the woods, but more just like, Oh no, the God pact of another nation could come in here. So make sure you bring some weapons. Right. But I, I like the idea that the silver, right. That silver is like taboo that you're like, Oh, why do you have silvered weapons where it's, it could be seen as like a, 
like only only bad people who are trying to do bad things carry silver. Oh, weapons. I get the aspect of you want your god pack to fight their god pack, but right. there are going to be plenty of them that are like just like, but you know, bring along the silvered weapons, right? Because because only the only the evil ones are essentially going to be doing that. So in an honorable world, you know, no one's going to have the silvered weapons because I think I think what we should do is have it have disruptive properties to essentially their god. So you can sever a god pact, albeit temporarily, with silver wounds, essentially. Mm. You could also make it as that is part of the process of... Uh, part of the tools that are needed to make the god heart or to the divine coalescence. Oh, that's a great idea. Because you need to be able to cut and stitch and... Yeah, and you're essentially disrupting that and stuff like that. Yeah. Or, or you can even wield a silver hammer to kind of smash the god heart open. Stuff like that. That's, yeah, that's a really, okay, yeah, I mean. It gives the more human elements and mortal elements a chance to fight back. And also, sure, I could, I don't know, see some weird stuff. Some affluent person in the uh, Merchant's Guild who just has a room lined with silver. And, I mean, does it, is it kind of like lead with Superman? Can you not see it through oh, scrying magic and I don't stuff think like that? that he knows whether or not it works, but, you know. Superstition. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a fun idea. And now we have like a, a mineral that is Oh, you have some Do you have some silver? Do you have some do you have some silver we can sell on the black market? It's Doing precious matter. Yeah, right. And, and not only that, but now you have these mines that are essentially like, "Hey, why are you mining that?" Oh, well, we were looking for coal and we just found these deposits of silver. Oh, uh, yeah. That's fun. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so we have a cult of werewolves who are trying to resurrect their dead god. Werewolves. Let's let's add something else to it, though. Because I, I like that idea. I think that's cool. I'm, I'm imagining, like, uh, Bloodborne, like, you're in the church down in Old Yarnum, and they're all wearing the hoods and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I love that game so much. We're going to have to do a Bloodborne corner next episode, so you got to... Bloodborne? Cool. Yeah. But... But let, let's add a little bit something extra to the werewolves themselves. Um, so how about this, okay? Because I've, I've seen, like, the Barghest is a really fun monster. The one, it, it's essentially like a werewolf goblin that when it devours you, it devours your soul. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've always loved that concept. So what about a werewolf who... When he bites you, when the lycanthropy takes you over, it overrides the current god pack that you have. So you lose, you, you it becomes, oh wait, let, let's, hold on. Does the curse only work on god pacted people? Mm. So it essentially, it doesn't, it doesn't give that person a god pact. It overrides the current god pact to the one of the dead god. Okay, so they do want to corrupt other god pack people. I, I I feel like you need to have some sort of thralling aspect to mortals that it corrupts. Or how about this? Uh, to bring in the... Oh, maybe you have the mortals and everything that it kills or the mundane people also make it gain power. Okay. Uh, sure. Uh, it's not that I don't like that idea. I'm just trying to think of... Uh, again, we're kind of getting into... Into vampire... Well, no. Well, I don't know. Something about that doesn't quite sit right with me, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. 
and it's not even like that's a bad idea. It's like what what about that do I not like? You know. Mm. So I well okay let let's kind of break it down again. Werewolves they have the virus aspect to them when they bite they override the god pact, and then what because okay so so maybe this is my problem with that idea is you why wouldn't you just go around murdering everyone like willy nilly? The the other aspect that I kind of enjoy about targeting god pacted people is that it's not just about you know pure ferocity murdering everyone it's it's about going after specific folks you know right. i mean you could also make it that it if if the werewolf does not kill them maybe it gives them some version of like rabies or something where it just causes them to go berserk oh maybe that's what happens to people who aren't god pacted yeah that's what i mean okay yes that i can that i can see I want so something that have... it would affect normal people and still yeah. be I'm I'm totally down with that idea because now um, you know how in Dracula and whatnot there's the vampire spawn where it's like you're not quite a vampire but I'm gonna enthrall yeah, you right yeah so now you have now you have uh, werewolf thralls berserkers essentially and the thing is if it one of them were to infect a god pet all the better interesting because I'm picturing someone at just like all right I'm gonna infect ten of these little guys to send at a god pack to wear him down and then i'm going to ambush him yeah see that's i i don't think that the thralls should have the ability to infect i think that they should just be thralls all right you know that's fine it's yeah. still the ability to wear down that's and that's what i mean they're essentially minions don't get me wrong they're powerful oh, minions. i love minions yeah of course minions henchmen yeah thugs etc mercenaries uh, again let's let's be real guys uh there are only so many big bad evil guys that you can get through. Everyone knows the thugs and the henchmen are the real MVPs of encounters. If you if you had RPG games where all you did was boss fight after boss fight mm. after boss fight, exactly, it gets so boring, and those combats would drag and it would lose any sort of tension. Having henchmen, you're a real MVP, henchmen. Mm. Yeah. All right. So werewolves done. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So zombies? Yes. Well, we, we've kind of already touched on the undead, I thought. That's why I was saying, once again, breaking down of zombies, hordes, mm-hmm. which is something we've largely tried to avoid doing hordes. Yeah, I, I tend to dislike mindless hordes because it's like, why wouldn't they just... Overrun? Uh, no, they would just be wiped out. Because if they're mindless, you trap them in a hole... And then you burn put, them. And then you put... Yeah, exactly. You burn them or you just bury them in the hole. That's that, That's how I feel. Like, the reason zombies work in fiction is that there is an overwhelming amount of them. And thus, when you're... When you've approached the overwhelming aspect of it, you're in... You're telling a very specific story. So here, the only way that... The only way that I see there being a critical mass of zombies in this case is if we're talking about the apotheosis and their emissaries, right? Mm -hmm. That's the only way I can see that level, that apocalyptic level of horde being around. So what do we do about zombies as they are beyond what we've already touched on? Do you want to go with like the traditional Haitian zombie and have them be just like mind controlled essentially or like bewitched by well you know 
practitioners of voodoo of some kind. Or you could do the runner zombie or the crawl. I, I, I don't think crawlers would work out unless we're hitting that like right. point of massive. Right, right, right. And that's and that's where the the apotheosis comes in again. Maybe have it be something where one uh, infection is once again a big role. Mm-hmm. You want things that infect. You also big thing about zombies, in my opinion, super resistant to damage. Like you can blow off every bit of it, and it will still try and come at you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's resistant to damage. I think it's resistant to pain. Eh, true. That's that's like a different thing. And a weak spot of the head is that. Yeah, that's always fun. I got no problem with that. Mm. Ooh, also, I, I are I think they're called the cortex or whatever. Oh, the fungal zombies. That's not a bad idea. We could mm. do something like that. One of uh, the zombies that I really like is from a game called Cataclysm. You ever play it? Can't say. So it's really bad graphics. We're talking Dwarf Fortress level things going on. But the zombies that they have in that are... They're infected with this thing. This uh, virus that wants them to try and infect other people. They bite into it and then the infection grows and that person will turn. But in return, what it does to the person in internal organs and everything is make it into like black slick sludge that just absorbs damage in a way because it mm-hmm. like you hit it with a hammer it bounces off kind of thing you shoot it with a bullet it goes right through and then it seals itself because it's gross sure so we're talking about slime at this point like sentient oozes more more yeah, more sentient oozes, okay. was it? but the reason that i liked it also was the fact that uh what they would do is anything that died would turn into it Mm-hmm. Anything it infect, and also I, I believe the sludge thing was also talked about in I Am Legend. Which version? Omega the, Man with Charlton Heston. The book. Okay. Okay. Where he was saying that the whole reason that he needed, you saved yourself there real quick. Just saying. The reason that he needed to kill them with stakes is because it allowed air to penetrate into their body past the sludge and mm-hmm. kind of cause it to. Uh, which also that he was making them a lot like vampires. I was going to say, like, they're, they're definitely more like the vampires yeah. there. Slug zombies. Slug zombies. Uh, honestly, I, I'd rather just rip off The Last of Us and do, like, plant zombies. I think that's more interesting. And I think it allows for... Slime can be a plant. I think it's... They're tied... In, well, well, what I was going to say, right? I think that plant zombies are fun because now you get to approach the evil side of nature essentially. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, they're, if they're a naturally occurring zombie, that's the other thing that just might be fun. Like they don't need to spread that much. Like we don't have to have them be like super infectious. Right. Oh, and they also get to do one thing that both of us love, which is the orcs. No, Fungal no, orcs. no, come on. No, no, I... You don't want Cockney accident I zombies? want Cockney accent! Okay, hold on. Now, wait a minute. You <laughs> might be selling me. So, so, you want more? <laughs> so, so here's the thing. I, I love uh, 40k orcs, but they're dumb. I know. They're just dumb. I, I like them because they're dumb. That's why I enjoy the 40k orcs. Yeah, but I think part of the aspect of if you were to, like, 
bash one in and then like you'd have to worry about something growing there. Hmm. So the only way that you can fully eradicate the area is to slash and burn. Okay. Okay. Because oh, it could just be normal fungus and then suddenly it gets on a dead body and it starts to rise. A dead dog and it will send one out. See, I'm, I'm trying to avoid mass infection. That's what I'm really trying to avoid. So the fiction when it comes to zombies is really based around... So hold on, let's let's try and do this instead. How about instead of the fiction surrounding like mass infection and like the horde of zombies, let's focus on a far more narrow view of zombies and let's go with H.P. Lovecraft, our favorite incel, and let's talk about the strange case of Charles Dexter Ward, a.k.a. Reanimator. Hmm. why not go with something a little bit more personal, a little bit smaller scale? Because what I like about Reanimator and The Strange Case of Charles Dexter Ward is the fact that these things are... The, the scary part about those in that story is that they're silent and they just they lift this guy as he's screaming and they're silently shuffling him away and like drag him. That's what's horrifying to me and that's what I'd rather do. I'd rather do something that is small and quiet and is not infectious. It's more about just reanimating dead tissue. So when you say the personal touch, is this a group of people, a person? Or are we going back to where it's an, somewhat of a infectious intelligence, like a, a mushroom? I think I would rather have it be some kind of like a puppet dancer or a I'm sorry, a, a corpse puppeteer, if anything. So it's not just, a, it's it's more about there being some kind of malevolent intelligence behind the shuffling corpses. So it's it might be a spirit or it might be something that is creating zombies, but it's like a thread that they follow, essentially. Do you remember uh, the BPRD episode where they go into, uh, not episode, but... Uh, Issue, yeah issue where they go into Russia and there's all those dead bodies just trying to build something. No, but that sounds like the forgotten. Uh, there was like this mushroom thing that lived underneath, uh, deep in Russia. But the thing that I loved about it is that they would go in there with flamethrowers and, uh, furic acid to like to burn them and destroy them. And there was just one thing. It just like, but if I'm going down there to like, uh, to detonate the nuke, what about your men? And it's just like, they're Russian soldiers. <laughs> they knew what they were getting. You, you do love fatalism when uh, it comes to Russia. Listen, one of my one of my customers, Russia, I, and just she was just like, eh, it's what happens to me. And I'm like, damn right, Wow, lady. wow, that's very Russian. Okay, so so you're, the, the whole concept of that kind of sparked an idea. We can still go with plant zombies. Let's have it be um, like a literal thread that reanimates corpses. So maybe it's, maybe we're kind of taking of the yellow fungus creeper, that kind of uh, thing, but having it just be long range. So maybe it's like a root system. Like the birch trees in that one area of uh, Seattle. It's actually like one big birch tree. Right, right. So why, why not do something like that or something where like these vines are essentially a lifeline to this reanimated corpse where 
it, it's kind of like a grotesque uh, astronaut. Umbilical cord. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Where you see that lifeline, and so you can always follow That's the it weakness back. too. Yeah. Exactly. So mm. so we can do something like that, and then that way there's no horde. It's just one entity that if you find it, you can slash and burn it. And again, we can still do the evil side of nature. I, I think I think that actually is a lot of fun. Hmm. And again, but just have them be more plentiful or have them be more malevolent or intelligent or something like that. I think that doing something like the yellow musk creeper is, is really fun. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that working out. Yeah. Although my question now becomes, how do you make that initial corpse to get going? Because it's just a tree, right? Or does this tree just wait until a corpse dies near it? Or is this like some kind of an evil tree? Maybe it only grows in certain areas where there's like known death or something like that. I don't know. I mean, all it would take is some sort of uh, graveyard that from not being worked, eventually a tree grew and... Graveyard tree. Yeah. That's fun. Or it could be a hangman's tree. There's plenty of lore that you could go with of like how this tree is founded. And I'm fine with it being mysterious as far as just like, I heard that they're trees that people were hung on. And that's how they become. Yeah, I mean, zombies have multiple cultural it's origins. From space. It's a virus. Right, right. We, we can do that as well. Okay, yeah. Cool. It does build on the mysterious nature of zombie of how people are like, I don't fucking know how they started. Right now we're dealing with the problem. Right. Okay, that's fun. I like that a lot, actually. What, what do you want totally me to do? Research and ask the tree how it was formed? Mm-hmm. To be fair, druids exist. Oh, oh yeah, actually, druids. Oh, no, were. druids don't necessarily exist, so that might not be a thing. But I'm sure mm. that either uh, the god of death or the god of nature, one of them is going to be just like, I'm interested, but also worried. We, I think, I think part of it is also, oh, we, we've already sent a God packed it out and he came back, but, um, not in the way we wanted. Mm. Mm. All right. Hold on. This actually brings up an interesting question. Do the corpses have their God packed abilities? Because the obvious answer is fucking obviously. Cause that's cool. You know, because now you're, or, or and, oh. Part okay. of it was that the essence went back to the god, and that was why it was lending it out. That's but, what I like about the idea is that this tree is essentially stealing that essence. Okay. Yeah. At least temporarily. You can once you kill the tree, then you mm. know it's released. Mm. But the but the general idea of it is that again, that makes it more evil in the sense and that you're it's stealing power from gods. Mm. If you wanted to go super crazy with it. You can essentially have the evil version of Yggdrasil. It's where it's the world tree, except it's the undeath world tree. And where, it's what you're seeing sprout up through the world is its roots, not the opposite. Oh, I, I wasn't even going there. I was oh, going to go something else, but that's a really great yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. That's why they look barren and ugly because it's. Fuck yeah. Ri- let's, yeah. That's, that's dope. All right. What I was going to suggest for the really powerful evil trees, because they're out there. Uh, instead of just, okay, once it steals a God pact, right, it can now imbue that onto whatever corpse or perhaps multiple corpses. Because they're all interconnected. Exactly. Mm. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's a hive mind type situation. Mm. 
that has the potential to be very ugly and very broken very quickly. I but can I also think... see how now it springs up in different areas because the roots. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. I, I think that's man. I think we're doing pretty well, all things considered, with these. Uh, yeah, going on the horror side is. I mean, to be fair, that's basic. That's our oeuvre. Like mm. that's really where we both are happy and shine. Uh, so you had an idea for Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, pretty basic. Okay. But I did want to do, from what I love of Frankenstein's monster, would be the fact of, it was the doctor, he was working on it, the monster can be either good or bad or mm -hmm. whatever, and I wanted it to be a, a practitioner of the primordial flesh. Okay. I wanted it to be a flesh shaper who, uh, was trying to work in... Seeing how they don't have anything with bone, they don't have anything with uh, the soul or resurrection magic, it was more back to the mechanical nature. What if I bring something back to the back to life because everything should be working? I have the meat working. Why is this not coming back? Hmm. And I want it to be a hulking golem of a person. I want it to be a hulking. So hulking. I want it to be a hulking giant of a creature. Sure. Not 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 categorically giant, but like large. If we're going for categories, sure. So let's let's start there, okay. And let's also take into account the remaining parts of Frankenstein's monster. I did uh, an essay on Frankenstein's monster a couple semesters ago. Throwing up children. What? No, you're again. That's the that's the cinematic version. The literary version is way more sympathetic. And also there's a lot more weird allusions to childbirth. Uh, the fact that Dr. Frankenstein essentially takes, it takes him about nine months to create the Frankenstein's monster. Wow, that's pretty... Uh... Yep. And also the fact that he becomes very ill right after completing it and essentially falls into a state of postpartum depression essentially yeah uh, there's my, my monster's not acting the way i wanted oh no he's horrified by the uh, monster and he flees and then passes out and the monster is gone because uh, he is so deeply hurt that his creator rejects him and thus goes off to the woods and learns how to speak and you know uh, yeah. makes friends and reads uh paradise lost and starts to really sympathize with satan and oh, there's there is layers to Frankenstein's monster, man. It's really great. One thing that I wanted to do though, because because I want to take your idea, start with a simple flesh monster. Now let's uh, let's class him up a little bit. Let's have him reject the teachings of primordial flesh, mm. and on top of that, because we've kind of been teasing this new world idea. I want him to be a leader amongst the pilgrims to the new world. He definitely, I, I could definitely see him rejecting uh, the gods. Right. Not just, uh, I could definitely see him rejecting the gods, not just the god of primordial flesh, but the fact of he's an artificial soul. That's really smart. I, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's very, I mean, because that really, where is my place in the world? Right. That, that, that really kind of works amongst the fiction of Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I also, I, because one of the things that I, cause I, when you read the book, he's 
the monster is such it is he's my favorite character in the book actually he's so sympathetic and he's so layered and so interesting he's so much better than his creator and his relationship with his creator is fascinating thus when you say that this is an artificial soul who rejects the gods in lies a lot more with mary shelley's original vision hmm. I can I can totally see doing something like this. Not only that, maybe he's like weird flesh shepherd in some way where he's going around and he's talking to actually this kind of goes in with your your nation of primordial flesh a little bit trying to get the slaves. No, he he's going around. Actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. He goes to he goes from nation to nation, frees the the slaves, says you have more purpose than this. And, and perhaps, right, so he's he's essentially acting as some kind of a savior to these lost souls, these kind of amalgamated corpses. He goes around saving them from place to place, and maybe that's what he's trying to do in the New World, is essentially create a colony where these misbegotten souls and flesh creations can live. Uh, with, with, yeah, it's gross, but it also works, you know? I like, know it works, but it just... Picturing some of the creatures that I just, it's just like, I know love. Just like, oh, gross. Yeah, exactly. That's why. Oh, uh, super gross. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Now imagine two of those weird flesh monsters trying to fuck. No, that was exactly what I was <laughs> It's just like, oh, why does it smell like hot garbage? Oh, God, what is that one doing? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Okay, we need to move away from this very quickly because this is escalating. Because of hot garbage sex? No, because so much. All right, so we've done a lot. Uh, we did mummies. Uh, oh, witches. Uh, I'll go with the witches for now. I wanted the witches to essentially be the main threat when it comes to outside of civilization. What What are they? Are they human? I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but But I wanted them to be... The kings and queens, probably, preferably queens, of the wilds. So when you're traveling through some kind of untamed land, you have to pay homage to a specific hag queen or a specific witch of that area, so Mm. to speak. And I wanted them to... This wasn't really so much a, you know, this isn't like, oh, we're completely altering the DNA of the hag of the witch, uh, like, like we did with, you know, vampires, uh, right. Vampires or even mum. Well, not even mummies, but you you get the idea, right? Mummies were changed a bit, but not as much as vampires most certainly had the most change. Yes. But what I want, right. What I want with witches is to essentially keep the idea that I want to essentially keep them mostly the same. You know, I want them to be weird spell casting non-humans who can, essentially, I want them to be ritualists, right? I want them to, because when you think of witches, you think of these ethereal, otherworldly beings, and they use these weird components to cast magic. Like a witch ball. I was thinking a witch's cauldron. Oh. Yeah. Witch balls are gross. Do do tell. What is a witch ball? Um, Usually it's made from, like, hair, teeth, and, like, other things that are going around like bugs and it's supposed to be uh i i think it's a main main uh, tool in in, uh witch spells Hmm. 
I, I was not aware of that. That's not in the Hammer of Witches, which I have. Oh. Yeah. You didn't know that? What about the Witch's Mark? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got to find it. And sometimes you got to make one. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what moles were thought to be, right? They were thought to be a third nipple that they would feed their devilish familiar with. Oh, you didn't know about that? No, I, I, I thought that's what you were supposed to do with your moles. <laughs> right. Moving moving forward, I yeah this the the when it comes to hags when it comes to witches, I really just want them to be weird occultists, where maybe they're maybe instead of uh, much in the way that the Sithris steal magic by essentially devouring god essence, maybe the hags can do something similar, where yeah essentially I I want the witches to kind of. I want them to weird you wield some kind of weird occult magic where the Sithris kind of you devour god flesh and use that to fuel dark magic. In a similar way, I want witches to have the audacity to try and tap into ritual magic themselves. So they're like siphoning off essentially stealing it. Yeah, where but but I want it to be something else where they're kind of manipulating it in a dark way in a weird way through Maybe they steal and replicate aspects of rituals from all the gods around them or just have their own dark, unknowable rituals that are, for whatever reason, more reliable than, uh, than others. It could be the price that you have to pay or it could be something with you're saying that they're in the backwoods and that they're geographically linked. You could be something with ley lines or... I don't know if we have ley lines in the world of a thousand gods, but I like the idea that there is a, a higher price to pay. It could also be places of power. It could be something that, like, I, I don't know how old they would be, but it could be this witch has been here for X amount of years, and this is they have they have weaved magic into the land itself. See, I like I like that idea a little bit more where witches have they're not able to leave their geographical place. Well, right. Well, they but, can, but it's But but then they have to essentially reseed that natural area because I, I like that idea of f- kind of focusing on places of power because then that allows you we can skip ley lines and get straight into oh wow, look at that cool natural phenomenon. Hold on, that's definitely a witch's lair. Got a witch. Yeah, exactly. So we can do something like that where you can now essentially spot witch's lairs or, you know, there's... That actually adds a layer of superstition to the world phenomenon where outside, outside of, of like civilization is treated with mistrust because of witches, because of how... You stay on the road. Yeah, right, you stay on the road. Oh, look at that beautiful waterfall. Yeah, don't go over there. Hmm, You're not going to come back, you know? Don't go by that cave. Don't go by that waterfall. Don't go near that beautiful vista. Right. But but there's got to be something more to it than that. Like, I imagine them essentially acting as apex predators, where maybe you're... Or or maybe you can even travel safely through a witch's area. You just got to give them tribute first. Like, hey, here's here's a... One piece of candy? candy or, or maybe it's like here's a t- like give them a spell component essentially right like hey we have uh, a left toe for you we hope this is okay and like you're you're not even talking to anyone in particular you're just leaving it on a rock and being like we cool yeah like you're you're essentially talking i i like the idea of adding that superstition 
and the idea that maybe that witch died like 200 <laughs> years ago, but now it's like that is the witch wood. And so you're you're leaving tokens to, you know, like maybe goblins or or some kind of weird kobold came and they're just tricksters now. But the idea, the threat of a witch is there, you know, and maybe they might come back. Also, we don't have anything that comes back from the dead automatically yet, do we? No. Do you want to make it witches? So like they're essentially immortal and then they come back. I'm fine with that. That you're, you're fine with that. I'm I want. Fine. I want you to be on board, okay. Christopher. I will. I want it to be kind of like all things. You have to do something special to kill it. Okay. Uh, I also like the idea that witches can always come back. Like it's kind of like a. Um, actually, there's a bunch of movies that do this, but the movie that I'm thinking oh, of. Oh my god. What? What do you? No, what? no, no. Go on. Go on. No, no. What do you think I'm going to say? Does it involve singing? No. What oh, did you, what did you wow. think I was going to go with? I put a spell on you. Oh, actually, that's not a bad one. Uh, no, I'm not talking about Hocus Pocus. Similar vein. I'm talking about Ernest Scared Stupid. One of the best Halloween movies of all time. In fact, if you're looking Wait, for... Is that the a, one with Troll Milk? Yes. Yes, it is. <sighs> uh, actually, it's it's Yak's Milk, or Miak, as it's known in the Ernest universe. But... The idea that I'm getting at is that you can never kill a witch. You can only banish it. You can only inconvenience it for a couple hundred years before they come back. And time is meaningless. Uh, right, because they're immortal. I also love the idea that you can have witch bones like that, ha- that are essentially objects of power, but they're, but they're not really... Much in the way that relics work, they're the evil version of relics where you have this like weird, non-powered... Uh, or, or rather non-god-pacted person who can't wield magic, but then they find witch bones or they find a witch fetish and now they're able to wield dark, powerful spells and stuff like that. That's the kind of thing that I'm looking for when we're talking about horror. Well, I've already found a witch fetish. Is it? Is it Bette Midler? <laughs> and Sarah Jessica Parker? And the woman from uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, whose name escapes me right now? To create the trio from Hocus Pocus? I mean, yes. You know my wife has not seen Hocus Pocus? How? Yes, that's exactly how I, what I said. See, and now, I, and now I understand why she doesn't like Halloween, because she's never seen any of the good Halloween movies. Hocus Pocus? I know, Hocus a Pocus. Is a, exactly. I feel like that was on TV. Forever and on repeat, yes. I it, need to see if it's on Netflix. I'm, I'm going to rent it, I'll tell you that much for free. Um, we could do that. Well, yeah, but, but we were on our honeymoon and Hocus Pocus just so happened to be on the TV and we were like halfway through. I'm like, Oh cool. Let's watch some Hocus Pocus. And she's like, can you just catch me up real quick? I've never seen this. I'm like, are you, what? You've never seen Hocus. Hold on. I'm going to turn this off now because now we have to go and watch Hocus Pocus the whole way through. Very important. You need to know the tale of Zachary Bixby. Thank you very much. Anyway, so I think that I think that wraps up the big ones. We did we knocked out the ghosts. Vampires were taken out a while ago. We got werewolves. Mummies. We got mummies. We got witches. We got Frankenstein's monster. The Zambambos. Uh, zombies. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anything named that. One thing that I do want to touch on 
if we ever, if we make it a year and we're still doing world build with us and we're still doing a land with uh, of a thousand gods, I want to do slashers. Oh yeah. I, because I, I think slashers are one of my favorite subgenres of horror. I could totally see an episode of where just like slasher, uh, then we need something that invades dreams. Well, I mean, that's, that is a slasher, Uh, but Freddie and Jason, I I think each needs homage. Okay. What we, what I think we should do is, is what we've done in the past when it comes to like nation states and stuff like that, where we each come Uh, to the table with a slasher and uh, then kind of, yeah, exactly. Cause slashers do need more background. We, we went over that. Right. I mean, we would, yeah, you, you can't just come and like, let's quickly brainstorm a slash. I mean, we can do elements of it. Yeah, and, but and you can't really, you, no, you need like the history, how it came to be. Extra it, powers. Yeah, what's its yeah. powers? Where does its powers come from? How do you defeat it? Right. We, we need to do something more like that. And also. Can you put on a sweater and make it feel really sad? I was, I was thinking more along the lines of. We need the coolest and most interesting kills that it can do. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, that's a lot of environmental aspect. Whatever. Well, I think we've done a fairly adequate job today, Christopher. What do you say? Yeah. Do you think that I I feel like we've really done the horror genre justice as, as a send up to our mutual love and admiration for Halloween? Oh, uh, by the way. If you want to contact with us with some spooky, scary skeleton ghost stories, or if you want to just tell us that we're cool and cool mm-hmm. guys, or mm-hmm. if you just want to tell us to fuck off, that's fine. You can email us. Once again, hate mail. Perfectly acceptable. Yep, Death totally. threats. Totally. I, I live on it. Yep. You can email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. If you're celebrating Halloween this year, be safe. Uh, stay spooked. And we love you very much. And we will see you next time at World Build With Us. From Sam Hain to Salem's Lot.